Anyway, um, I want to talk about one of my favorite stories, and um, I also always want to acknowledge um, the 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 violence and the loss of life and the great destruction that is happening right now. Um, grateful, I think I mentioned it before, I'm grateful for my practice that allows me to hold so many things. And I've talked uh, about it, uh, how to be with um, these moments in uh, some prior um, podcasts over the last couple of weeks. So I wanted to also look at this one, um, this story and this teaching, which I find really, really, all the practice is helpful in being with the world as it is. Um, but this one, I think, is um, is kind of fun. It's about um, Milarepa, who was a, uh, a Tibetan wise Tibetan yogi who lived about 1100 BC. Excuse me, 1100 years ago. I'm sorry. And he lived in a cave, and he was out one day getting firewood. And when he came back to his cave, it was full of demons who were just flying around and howling and creating quite a ruckus. And his first reaction was, i got to get these guys out of here. So he started, he started yelling and screaming and, and, and trying to chase them, but it didn't do any good. In fact, they seemed to really thrive on his energy and became, seemed to become even more comfortable um, running amok in the cave. And he said, after a while, he went, all right, that's not working. So he was a yogi, he was a practitioner, and so he started um, giving a Dharma talk. He thought maybe they would sit and they would listen and they would have some kind of awakening as they listened to these words, and they just kind of stared at him um, like, what are you doing, dude? And so he went, all right, that's not working. And he, and he thought for a while and he reflected and he said, perhaps these demons have something to teach me. And so what he did is he looked deeply into their eyes and he bowed to them and he says, okay, looks like we're going to be here for, to, together for a while, so I open myself to whatever you have to teach me. And what happened is all but the biggest one disappeared. The fiercest, most the scariest one disappeared. And so he... He looked at that one, and he said, okay. And he put his head in that demon's mouth, and he said, eat me if you wish. And the demon bowed at him, bowed to him, and it disappeared. And so this is a, I really like this story because I think it's pretty emblematic of how we can move through the world. And it's a story of our spiritual, it's a story of a spiritual path as well. You know, we're just moving along, living our lives, and it's seemingly these demons show up. Um, I was, I gave a talk today at a, at a day long, and there were a number of teachers who came and gave some talks, and I gave a talk about um, the habits of the mind and those, those habits that we get stuck in, which can also be considered in, in this imagery a demon, this, 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 this mind that is stuck in the future or stuck in the past or is in judging or comparing or, or living in doubt, all these things that, that can cause us so much discomfort, so much pain. And um, additionally, um, Jack Kornfield in his book, A Path with Heart, 
talks about meeting the demons on the path, and he talks about how they're, again, judgment or restlessness, anger, the hindrances are, are, are things that get in our way. When we talk about demons, it's like those things that get in our way, those things that keep us from enlightenment, those things that keep us um, ill at ease, uncomfortable, uncomfortable in our own skin, uncomfortable with the reality of the world we live in just uncomfortable, um, fear, doubt, I said doubt, um, lust, shame, regret, expectations of we have for ourselves, limitations that we put on ourselves, this maybe perfectionism. So these are all things that we carry with us that maybe have come through our conditioning, the stories we've been taught or the, 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 the things we've been told. And so these are, these are what get in our way. These demons, they fill up our cave, they keep us outside, and we can't get to what we need to get to. We can't get to this present time awareness. We can't get to this ease because when you can be at ease in the present or when you can be in the present moment, there's an ease that's possible, even if it's unpleasant, even if there are a bunch of bunch of scary things hanging out when we're willing to just stay and be with it's great but that's not often what happens often we're reactive these habitual thought patterns these habits are reactive to our experience and that's what if you look at these four things that Millarepa did this first one where he was like fighting and screaming we get into this aversive relationship with our experience and we double down and we start beating it over the head or figuring out how to get rid of it and going, you can't be here, get out, get out, get out. And what that does is it intensifies it. It just makes it even worse when we have this fist fight with the reality of the moment. It's like, um, you know, when I, I, I was thinking today that that tried and true example of when you hit your elbow on something, when you're on your dresser or you hit your knee, and what do you do? The first thing you do is you, like, <clears throat> curse. Somebody, I was telling a story today, and somebody said, you curse. That's probably true. And then you just kind of constrict, and you're like, ah, and you, and you constrict against it. You kind of tighten up and immediately just try and get rid of it. Ah, what do I do? Ah, this is terrible. Oh, this is, and the story comes, and it's like, oh, this is terrible. I'm so stupid. Why did I do this? Stupid piece of furniture. Why are you there? And, and just take off. When instead, the invitation, that's that reactive response. That's that reactivity. Instead, it's like, if you can just pause and let go of the reactivity, there's an ease that comes. So the first thing we tend to do when we're not thinking is reactivity. The second thing that Milarepa did was try and try and uh, throw some dharma at them. And what I ref think about this is it's like almost like a spiritual bypass. And a spiritual bypass is when we use spiritual ideas to try and avoid facing. Um, emotional issues or any kinds of deep, um, deep wounds we have, developmental tasks that we need to that we need to look at. It's when we try and use the teachings to, you know, go around. Um, 
you know, I, I hear a lot of the time this about emptiness, you know, no self. It's like, well, it doesn't bother me. There's no self. Or, oh, that's too bad. It ended. Everything's impermanent. You know, there's this kind of, um, it, it's really a, a shallow way of, of understanding the teachings. It's a way to avoid feeling. If you go, oh, well, it's emptiness. I shouldn't, I, I'm not worried about that or whatever it is. It's, it's, a, it's a stepping around rather than being with. One more time, it's the inability to be with. Um, and that doesn't work either because that stuff is still there. It's still nibbling at your heels, trying to get your attention. Um, those demons didn't go anywhere when, when Milarepa was throwing Dharma at them. They just kind of looked at him, but they were there, you know. And I'm sure they, once he was finished his Dharma talk, they would have continued throwing stuff around and screaming and hollering and yelling. Um, the next one was when he finally began to recognize that, you know what, right now it's like this, these demons are here. The anger is here. The emotions are here. The grief, the sadness, the joy, the, the confusion, the restlessness, the worry, the doubt, the regret, the shame. All those things are there. How do we hold them? How do we develop a way to be with them? And what he did is he said, there you are. Hi. Okay, you're here. Let them be right where they are. And that is really quite um, a radical move because it's not what we're used to doing. We want to have things a particular way. We've created a story about how the world should be and these demons don't fit into it. Obviously, if we were better people, we wouldn't be having these feelings. Obviously, if we did things better, or if you all behaved and did what you were supposed to do, then these things, would, then I wouldn't feel this way. But when people die, there's grief. There's loss. The Buddha said that in the first, first, um, first noble truth. There is suffering in the world. There is pain. And the invitation of Milarepa, the invitation is, I open myself to whatever you have to teach me. I'm here. You're here. I'm here. What's this about? How can I be with? And then the last one is um, where he says he puts his head in the um, demon's mouth and said, what do you got? Eat me if you want. I'm, I'm just fully present. No preference. No resistance just really being intimate with the experience. That is equanimity. That is the invitation or that is the practice of equanimity. Being fully present, allowing the experience to, to be there, feeling it, you know, sobbing. Letting, oftentimes there's a, there's a fear that when emotions that we've been um, um, keeping at arm's length, we've, when we finally let them in, that they'll be overwhelming. 
And so this is a practice of just, you know, putting your toe in when you start. But allowing yourself to be fully present with whatever it is. And how you do that is through mindfulness. Paying attention. Because when we don't pay attention, these demons just run amok. These demons call all the shots. And we're just running around throwing things at them. But when we slow down and we begin to notice, okay, you're here, what do you got? Then there's the wisdom. What is this? What is this? Joseph Goldstein talks about that. He says, what did he say? He says, um, you know, we have to recognize and just let them be there, you know? We don't, we don't identify, we're not identified with it. We just recognize it. It's like when there's anger, we don't say, I am angry. We just say, there's anger. Okay, what is this? So it loses when you don't identify with a demon, when you don't identify with something like anger or hatred or jealousy or whatever's coming up for you and just say, wow, this demon has shown up or this emotion has shown up. There's, a, there's a, a, a way to be with it that's not so painful. Because when we take on, when we become the emotion, when we make it, when we identify with it and go, I am this, it, it, it shifts how we move through the world. But if we can just say, oh, it's here, it's a response to something that's going on in my life. How can I best be with this? There's that clarity, there's that wisdom, there's that seeing things differently. It's a shift in our perception. Stephen Batchelor wrote a book um, called Living with the Devil, which is really about um, Mara, which is the personification of um, greed, hatred, and delusion in, in the suttas. And it's also, I would imagine, um, these demons that Milarepa faced, uh, personification of them. And um, he said the armies, in, in the suttas they talk about the armies of Mara, he said these armies are destroyed with wisdom as soon as we see them as impersonal and ephemeral, they lose their power. Because they do pass. They hang around when we're fighting them, when we're creating stories around them, when we keep holding on and replaying over and over again or thinking about the next thing and bringing in all these habits that we've developed of, of uh, stories and, and if only and what if. Instead, if we just say, oh, wow, here's some, here's some, here's some difficulty. Can I just be with it? When we see that it's just a response to something, when we have that clarity, there's a freedom that arises. There's a sutta where the Buddha talks about facing these armies. He says, and he's talking to this person who is kind of the personification of Mara. Um, and the Buddhist called out all the armies of sensual desire and discontent and hunger and thirst and sluggishness and laziness and fear and indecision and disparagement of others and all these different things. Um, 
prestige wrongly acquired. So the Buddha is pretty specific in calling out all these different things that were um, uh, not wholesome and not skillful. And he said, this army of yours, which the world, together with the devas, the spirits, is unable to subdue, that I will destroy with wisdom. And having mastered the mind and firmly established mindfulness, I shall wander from country to country teaching others this same thing so that they can destroy the army of Mara, so that they won't be trapped by this, this, this um, trance of the mind. I think it's Tara Brock likes to call how we're entranced by the stories of the mind. And so when we bring the wisdom and the clarity, we can defeat those demons, we can defeat the armies of Mara, not by fist fights, but by seeing through them, but seeing what they are, um, impersonal and ephemeral. And that's where there's a freedom. You know, that's where there's freedom. When I, um, I was thinking, and when I was thinking about Tara Brock, I thought of the teaching she offers a lot, which um, Michelle McDonald um, developed, but Tara has really made her own. The rain, you know, if you know that practice where you recognize something, that's bringing mindfulness. And then you're aware of it, accept it. Okay, this is here. And then you kind of investigate it and saying, What's, what is this? Oh, it's a reaction to that, or it's this old story, or it's that, that emotion that I never tended to, that I stuffed under the rug for 40 years or whatever it was. And then you nurture it. You bring a kindness and a compassion because this is a kind practice. This is a compassionate practice. This is a practice where we're grounded in, the, in kindness, compassion, joy, equanimity. That is a foundation of how we do this. So it's really a gentle opening to this moment. So we can, we can see through these, these demons and get to the other side and just be with. Not going around via spiritual bypass, but being with. So the reason I wanted to talk about this tonight is because last Sunday... A friend of mine gave me this cup. It's these two little people or two little things at a table. And it says, to do, tea with demons. So um, I had been teaching this story wrong for years. I, I, I had been teaching it that um, when, you, when Melarepa was out, uh, was in his cave, and all of a sudden, there were all these demons on the outside trying to get in. And he was doing all these things to get rid of them. And then he finally said, they're not going anywhere. Come on in and have some tea. Which is exactly the same kind of thing. It's like, here you are. I'm not going to fight you anymore. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be kind to you. And that, and that's it. That's, that's the invitation. So... I invite you to recognize where you're stuck. Recognize what your what are your demons. You know, finding your naming your demons, finding meeting them on the path. I think the hindrances are a really great place to start. Um, greed, aversion, and greed can take so many things. I want I want people to like me. 
Um, I don't want to be unloved. You know, I want to be loved. And so the greed is a very, all of these are a very big basket. An aversion, not wanting something. What are you pushing away? Oh, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that. Uh. And then ignorance, delusion, where we're just walking around not knowing we're actually caught up in this. And so that is the invitation to, um, you know, that you can begin to identify your demons or those hindrances, those things that get in the way of your freedom and your, your, um, your liberation. And as we become free, we can help others to become free as well because there's a, there's a clarity, there's a wisdom and a compassion and a clarity to see how we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Uh, we're all siblings walking around. Um, so we need to learn how to live with each other just as Milarepa is living with the demons. We need to learn how to live together. And this is a really important way to start. So... Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, my friends, for your, your very, very kind attention. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.